everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of the Gamify Everything podcast. I'm your host, Monica Miller, and we're going to be covering all things metaverse, blockchain, Web3, and beyond. I hope everyone out there is having a great day wherever you're tuning in from. Last week, we got to chat with Khalil Kassam of FOMO Lab, Gamify's latest IDO partner, and they're a team that are working on some incredible projects in the metaverse, including video game that um, they are doing a little bit more uh, teasing trailers about. So if you want to check them out online, feel free. You can also look on um, the Gamify social platforms or your preferred podcast network to listen to the episode of last week. Today, we're going to be talking with the founder and CEO of Megafans, Jeff Donnelly. Megafans is building the world's first mobile esports community by integrating blockchain, crypto, and NFTs in a play-to-earn environment for gamers. Through the Megafans platform, mobile gamers get access to multiplayer tournaments with opportunities to win awesome prizes, including cash prizes, which is pretty cool. So I'm super excited to be seeing some representation for mobile game gamers out there, and I'd like to invite Jeff out to uh, chat with us today. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Monica. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. How's it going? Before we jump into everything, how are you? It's been it's been a, a busy spring and summer, I would say, so far. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's Friday morning. Uh, I woke up today thinking it was Christmas, so things are going pretty well here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got that six months lag going on, right? <laughs> Yeah, we're, 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 you know, um, my team, we're, we're building um, so much and, and uh, it's so nice when things fall into place. We're, we're using the 80-20 rule. So we're pushing really hard for about 80% of the time. And we're in that window right now where we're getting the results at 20% period. Nice. We're starting to see everything come to fruition and it's very exciting for us. Nice, nice. I'm super excited to dive into the talk today. We were talking backstage a little bit about your background, how you got into the space. I would love if you'd uh, feel free to share your background and your story of how you got into esports and mobile gaming. Um, I also know that you're a lifelong gamer, so I'd love to hear about some of your favorite games and um, just kind of start off the conversation with a little bit of history. Well, um, okay, this is it's a long history. I could take up the whole hour. Uh, I need to write a book, uh, but I'll, I'll try to give you the short version. Uh, I'm an OG, so I'm a, I'm an uh, original gangster in the space. I've been advertising and marketing for gaming companies uh, since 1998. Um, and I've always uh, worked in, the, I, I pro, I'm a problem solver. So I'm a, uh, much of the time I'm a consultant. Uh, I'm a subject matter expert in advertising um, for user acquisition, uh, retention programs, and monetization programs for gaming companies. So I've always worked in those, those three areas. And uh, it started back in 1998. I actually had just opened my first business, which was a, a uh, advertising agency called 760 Media. And I was working in tech. I was actually working in the semiconductor industry, uh, high end manufacturing electronics and that sort of thing. Um, and I had a friend of mine call me up, it's a mate that I'd gone to college with. And he said, hey, I, I, he was in Costa Rica. He was working at a, a pretty big PR firm down there. He said, hey, every Friday I, I go out to this bar with these other expats. And we, we talk about business and there's all these guys down here running the, these uh, online sports books and, and they keep trying to hire me to do their PR and their advertising. And he said, what do you think I should do? I don't know anything about this market. And I said, well, how much are you making? He said, I'm making $50,000 a year. And I said, well, how much are they offering you? And he said, well, they offer me $100,000 a year. And I said, well, then why are you talking to me? Hang up the phone and go take the job, man. And three months later, he called me up and he said, hey, I need to fly you down here to Curacao, a little island off of Venezuela. Uh, we need a COO uh, for this online sports book. We're exploding. We're, we're getting new players on. Uh, we're, we're hiring like mad. Uh, we have no controls on this. Uh, c- come down and check this out. So I flew down to Curacao, met with him. Turns out he introduced me to all of these different online gambling companies that were operating down there. And... Uh, and I went away. I didn't take the COO job. I didn't. I didn't really didn't want to go live down there. It was a desert island. Uh, but I said, "Hey, I can represent you in the United States." And the United States was the the biggest market for online uh, sports betting at the time. And uh, I said, "Look, l- let me uh, figure out how to market and advertise your product here for user acquisition. No problem." So I went to work and did that. And. Uh, had some success and I worked with several brands in this space. And as I learned more and, and, and uh, built systems and, and uh, strategies around that, I started landing bigger clients in the space until I ended up working with the biggest uh, brand at the time in the space, which was Bet on Sports. 
They were the largest online sports book in the world at the time. And uh, it was advertising and marketing for them. And everything was going great. And we were making millions of dollars a year. And then um, in 2009, uh, the U.S. government uh, made online gambling illegal. And it was like a rug pull for me. So uh, I, got, I got a letter from them saying, cease and desist. You can't market or advertise for these online gambling companies anymore. And so I had to give up millions of dollars in business. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, look, I've got this expertise in this gaming space. What do I do with it? Well, sure enough, there were some pretty big ad agencies at the time that were looking for people in that space, the PC gaming space in particular. And so I ended up um, working for uh, one, like the fifth or sixth largest ad agency globally on some PC games. And I was very fortunate because they were working with big brands. So I, I was able to work with Ubisoft on the Settlers game, and I was doing user acquisition, retention, monetization for them. Then we landed uh, Wargaming, World of Tanks, um, and I was able to do the same thing for them. Then we landed some, uh, the mobile gaming uh, market started to emerge. And we landed SGN, now known as Jam City. Um, and I actually did the go-to-market strategies for Panda Pop and Cookie Jam uh, for them. Uh, World of Tanks, I took them from PC to mobile. And so I started playing around this mobile space and I was like, okay. And the audience behaved a little bit differently, but I had enough of a fundamental uh, strategic um, plan uh, to be able to uh, execute and, and, and monetize basically. Um, so I was able to apply my learnings from online and PC over to mobile and it crossed over well. Then I got very fortunate, landed DraftKings. So um, worked with DraftKings pretty much from inception. I think they had a prototype with about 400 players on it when I started working with them. They just raised their first round of funding. And they said, hey, take us to market. Show us how to go to market and, and do this. So built a strategy for them, test strategy. We tested into market, started scaling it. And it right time, right place, right? So um, that exploded uh, at least in in, US, in the U.S. market, and then they went global after that. And so I was able to work with them for uh, five years and uh, took them to their first billion-dollar valuation. And so, I, again, was riding high, thought everything was great. Um, and the regulators came in and said, oh, this, this uh, fa fantasy sports market, this needs to be regulated. So I knew how that was going to turn out. I'd already been through it once. And so then I had to start looking around for something else to do. Well, I had my eye on this esports space uh, since about 2014. I was watching these tournament prize pools as they were starting to grow uh, globally. And, and we're, we're talking old games. I mean, StarCraft and things like that. But um, uh, they, I, I saw that as the next natural wave in, in gaming and competitive gaming. And when you add prizes to it, whether... It's not gambling. It's not fantasy. It's competitive play for, you know, the, the winner gets the trophy or the prize, right? Whatever the value on that is. So I saw that as a, as a natural um, environment uh, to be able to work in, still uh, using my expertise in, in identifying and marketing to gamers, players, um, and, and be able to uh, work through the same lens, right? So user, user acquisition, retention monetization programs. And, uh, and that's when I decided to uh, do some market research and find out where the obvious opportunities were to enter that esports space. And I found out that mobile had barely been touched at the time. It was a relatively new market, five, six years old at the time, really. Uh, in the, these uh, mobile games didn't start coming out till like 2010, 2011. So, uh, so when I found that opening, um, and saw a couple of other competitors in the space actually doing quite well monetarily. Um, that's when I decided to um, do some serious market research. I spent about a year interviewing um, esports teams, uh, players, managers, team owners. I, I talked to some of these game development companies. I was talking to Twitch really early on about what they were doing and uh, sort of triangulated a, a, a strategy and a plan to enter that market and build a, a product and, and go to market with it. And so that's what I did. As far as uh, old games, again, uh, I'm an OG. So I was probably one of the best players uh, in my neighborhood at games like Defender. Uh, I played early Madden. Um, 
gosh, what else? Uh, I, I liked um, obstacle games. So platformer games, uh, early DK. Um, I, I still try to play my kids at, at Smash, but they're kids. They smoke me every day. Um, but, uh, you know, I still like to play around with it, but uh, kind of moved past my my competitive gaming years. Uh, and now I'm more into, you know, problem solving and building businesses. So that's what I'm doing at Bingham. Yeah, absolutely. And building those problem solving skills definitely probably came from those video games, learning how to uh, strategically navigate to the next level, all those fun things, gamifying, um, you know, your uh, business in a way. So you kind of funneled right into exactly what you're doing right now. Looks, I can see like the crystal clear pathway into your creation of mega fans. So I'd love if you could share a little bit more about mega fans, your vision um, currently and your vision looking ahead also um, for what you'd like to do. Oh yeah. 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 Mega fans is great. Uh, it, it's, very deliberate. So the naming, even the name itself, it actually stands for Mobile Esports Gaming Fanatics, if you break down the name. So there's, I spent a year doing a lot of deep, deep thinking about this. Deep, um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted something that you could go to market with that was marketable, but that was also meaningful um, to the audience that you could build on, you could leverage on. We're building a business, um, but I also wanted some purpose behind it. I'm, I'm sort of at that point in my career. Or I want something to have some meaning that I can leave a legacy behind, right, for others uh, to enjoy. So um, what Mega Fans is really all about is uh, a building community. And and that's so important and that that resonates with the, the gaming community at large, right? Because you've, you've got these communities that typically uh, form around games, individual titles, right, of games, things like that. Um, and we're taking a different perspective on it. We're taking a platform perspective on it. So we're building a platform where all players, doesn't matter what games you play, they can all come in and enjoy this space and compete in this space and share in this space and and trade in this space and and build in this space. And so truly what what Megafans is, is a a platform ecosystem environment uh, starting in mobile. We're mobile first. Um, where players can, um, gamers can come in and they can play to earn. Then they can join our community channels and they can talk about what they're playing, what they're earning, what we're doing. We're taking feedback from them. We've actually, we have a permanent feedback loop with, with our, our global audience. And we ask them questions on the weekly. Uh, we, we send out quizzes and we get them prizes and, and we're always trying to improve. So we're always asking, what do you like? What don't you like? What do you want to see next? That sort of thing. So we're really letting the community help us guide this, right? We're the gatekeepers, but we're building the platform. We're building it for everybody. So uh, what we've established is, uh, it was actually last year uh, in 2021 in Q4, we became uh, the first mobile esports gaming platform to transfer NFTs to, to players. And what we were able to do, uh, we were testing Right in market, so we were testing, giving out cryptocurrency as prizes, um, and and uh, giving out NFTs. And we told them, look, uh, we're just testing this, right? So we just want to hear, we just want a feedback loop from you to see if this is a a real proposition that we can take to market and scale on. And it was like somebody flipped on a switch. I mean, we, we'd been testing in market for about two years leading up to that. We we had our prototype done. In the end of 2018, we took it to market about the middle of 2019. We tested it for about two years in market. And again, using real market uh, feedback loops and from all over the world, India, Southeast Asia, South America, North America, Europe, Middle East. And we iterated the product according to the market feedback that we were getting. And so we formed it to market needs and wants. Um, it, but it was when we, we started offering NFTs and we told them, we're not even giving this a utility yet. We're just testing right? Just to see how, what the interest level is. And our, our community exploded in the last six months, uh, went from about 5,000 people uh, back in December to 65,000 today. Um, so it actually wow. 12, 12 yeah, months. And, and they were, they were originally there was like these passive followers that would occasionally look at one of our posts and rarely comment some, they'd only reach out to us if they had a problem, which was fine. Um, but we would we would bounce ideas off of them and ask them and, and things like that. We did get responses from those. Um, but now they're engaged. Now, now they're asking us, you know, what are you going to do next? You know, are you thinking about this utility? Can we build for you? Uh, we're, we're getting all sorts of engagement from this community now. 
Um, so we know that that we've tested into something that's meaningful and makes sense to this community. Um, and and so that that's where we are today. Where we're going in the future is I call it the megaverse. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> forget the metaverse. We've got a megaverse. Um, and, and the megaverse is a place where gamers, collectors, and developers can all come together and they all have an equitable position. They all have equal say. This is our community. We're using this feedback loop. Give us your opinion. Vote on things, right? Democratize it. And so that's where I see the future going. And we're, we're actually planning to uh, open source our front end SDK. That's a software development kit. That's what the, the esports tournament system that we've developed, which is a massive multiplayer esports tournament system. Very simple. You play time tournaments, high score wins, right? And then you win prizes. Very simple process, but there's a lot of technology underneath it and behind it. Sure, yeah. um, and right now, as I mentioned, we're mobile first. So we built this for mobile uh, for, for multiple reasons. One, lowers the barrier to entry into the marketplace, both for us and for the players. Okay. So now anybody around the world can play esports. You don't have to own a console or be a hardcore PC gamer. You can pick up your smartphone or your tablet anywhere in the world and you can play these games. So that lowers the barrier to entry for the, the, the world, right? To be able to come in and play this. But also there's 3 billion people that play mobile casual games daily. They are active daily. 3 billion daily active users play mobile casual games. So it's a huge pool. And because of just the size of it, we knew that was a great place to enter to kind of cast the widest net possible and capture as much data as possible, as many players as possible, as quickly as possible. So we're entering the space there. However, when we open source this uh, front end, the SDK, that's going to allow other game developers to cross over and to cross platform. So the future is cross platform, right? Even though uh, I just read by 2025, 72% of the world will access the internet through a mobile device that still leaves 28% that are on PCs or possibly, you know, a couple percent on a console. Right. So we want to be able to include all of them because we truly want to be an inclusive space, which makes sense. Yeah. So we're going cross platform that's the future. And the future is let the community build it. So we're going to open source it so they can build the, the PC version, the HTML five version, the web three version, right. Take those to market and we become a platform, a real true platform. That's that's the intent here, right? So that's going to slot us, if you think about it, next to Roblox and Minecraft, except we're leading with mobile first. So we've got the largest pool to draw from. And then let let the um, let the economy uh, balance itself out. Let the community balance it out. Uh, because really, you know, it's the wisdom of crowds, right? They'll tell you which direction for it to go. And so we're going to let them develop it and open source it for them. And we think that's the future. I'll stop there, but there's some other additional thoughts behind it that I can't talk about today, unfortunately. That's all good, Jeff. I really uh, admire how much you value the community input. I think that is really what really makes or breaks um, that value that you can offer to the market. Um, And hearing that you, what is that, 12 times you said, 12 times you grow your community in six months, that is absolutely incredible. I'm really curious about how that feedback loop works. Are they, um, are you building surveys? Are you asking questions? Okay. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Sweet. That's exactly it. Yeah. We, we, we survey, uh, we do quizzes, we gamify it. So we'll offer um, prizes um, and we'll, um, we'll run contests within the community uh, uh, channels themselves. So we're talking telegram, discord uh, and, and Twitter. We're, we're mostly focused on discord because that's where the gamers and NFT collectors uh, tend to congregate. Uh, again, my marketing background, I want to go where, where the, the masses congregate. Um, and, and they're very active on there. So we have multiple language channels on our Discord. We have multiple, every game that we that we have in our portfolio has its own uh, channel. And we actually created what we believe, we, we believe this is the first um, full loop for mobile gaming. So, you know, PC gaming, uh, PC gamers will talk on Discord while they're playing, right? Mm-hmm. It's very it's typical average uh, uh, user cycle. But what about mobile, 
right? How, where, where's your chat mechanism Text, on mobile? Go to right? different apps, depends who you're playing with, yeah. Right, and so it's clunky. It's all over yeah. the place. Well, why not use Discord? Why not use the PC model? So we just recently integrated Discord links into our first game, okay? Right. We launched it on Huawei, Samsung, Apple, and Google. And so now when you're in the game, you can click on, on the Discord uh, chatbot. It'll take you into that Discord channel in our Discord on our Discord server for that game. And now you can chat with people that are playing the same game, okay? And you can challenge them. And this is the, the plan is to initiate tournaments and contests and giveaways and prizes and things like that, right? We gamified the system, right, to, to get people excited and, and enjoy their experience, enrich their experience. Um, and then at the top of each of those game chats, is a hot link back to the game. So we created a full circle loop. Nice. When this dawned on us, it was it was like one of those dumb moments where you're like, oh, that's obvious, <laughs> right? Well, but then we, like, right. we haven't yeah. seen anybody else do this. So we yeah. just initiated that about uh, about four weeks ago yeah. and we're getting ready to start testing it. It's live now. You can go in and find some of our games. Uh, if you just go into any app store and look up mega fans, you'll find uh, games. We have five games published with our esports tournament system in them. Um, and then go... I challenge your audience to go find the one with the discord and uh, go start chatting. Yeah. That's, that's kind of perfect um, to be able to just boop, boop, go in and out of your chat playing. That's really convenient. Yeah. I'm surprised no one had done that yet. That is nobody that we saw. This, these were just market observations. We haven't yeah. done a deep, deep dive into it yet, but it was one of those aha moments. Right. Yeah. Of, oh, wait, the PCers live uh, this way, you know, this is natural to their environment. Let's test it on the, the mobile gamers. They're just as smart. We're all people, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I also kind of wanted to fall back on what you said earlier about accessibility um, and with mobile gaming. I think that's always the biggest hurdle that I come into as someone who works in the esports space. You know, people are hitting me up. Hey, I want to build a community of gamers. I need to buy PCs. I need to buy consoles. How do I do this? And it's just like, man, I wish there was some cool initiative on in the mobile gaming because everybody has a smartphone who we're trying to reach um, to do these tournaments and stuff. So I'm really curious specifically about the game selections and how you guys go about bringing the games onto your platform, what kind of developers you're working with. Um, you said you have five games right now on the esports tournament platform? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can we can we run through those, talk about them? and um... Yeah, let, let, let's break that down. So yeah. First of all, I'll take a step back. We are just coming out of being an early startup company, right? So, and we were bootstrapped, self-funded for the first three years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It was not an easy road to hoe, but, <laughs> but, we're here. Uh, but, but, but we, we were able to survive it. Everybody, we all had day jobs and we were working on this at night. It was one of those, you know, kind of crazy scenarios, you know, Sunday night calls and, uh, Monday mornings, you have to check out and go, you know, clock in at work, right? Yep. Um, and, and so it was challenging uh, to get it to that point. Um, and so we had to look for, again, the lowest barrier to entry for ourselves. <laughs> um, we discovered some marketplaces online where you can, um, where independent game developers resell their games. Hmm. They, they publish them, they take them to market. Uh, little known fact, there's 400 games being developed on the daily. People don't know that. They don't all get published. Wow. Most of them are, are simple. We're talking about people on their PCs at home making these small games, right? That, that's what they're doing, right? 400 games being developed every single day, which is really interesting. Um, and so there's a lot of indie game developers. There's more indie game developers than there are you know, mass publishers, right? So these, these open markets uh, that we sourced out, um, where, where you can go in and you can negotiate and buy a game that already exists on a store, an app store, and or PC, multiple different, all platforms. Um, and you can negotiate and buy these games and buy the publishing rights to them. And so that's what we did. And, and how we decided what types of games um, was by genre. And what we did was we uh, identified uh, the most popular genres globally so we were looking for universal games that had universal reach so we didn't have that localization problem right which we will move into as as our games uh uh be, become more sophisticated as we get more sophisticated games um but for the general again for the general mobile casual game and i'm very specific about that niche right that means it's a rather simplistic game it's not a first person shooter it's not complex 
Um, it's usually single swipe or it might be a puzzle game where you're just moving one thing. So I'm going to give you a, a genre. Puzzle games is one of the most popular genres of casual games in the world. And there's multiple different types of puzzle games. So our first choice, the first game that we went to market with uh, was actually, it's called Candy Boo. You can look it up in any of the app stores. And Candy Boo is a Connect 3 puzzle game. Connect 3 puzzle games, again, are very popular universally. Uh, Candy Crush being the most popular and global brand around that. So there's hundreds, if not thousands of different versions of Connect 3 puzzle games. Very popular genre. So that was our primary game that we went into market first and, and, and uh, led the testing with. Uh, and it got immediate traction. We, we launched it in India in, I think, August of uh, 2019. We didn't market it. We just turned it on and published it in that market. Soft launch, just to see what would happen. It became one of the top 100 games in India in three weeks by, oh. its, by itself. Okay. And we were like, well, we didn't turn that off. It was getting too many players. We were literally like thousands of people were coming in. We weren't ready. <laughs> right. We weren't planning for this. <laughs> right. So we're know, not careful, what about wish, it. careful what you wish for. Right. So yeah. um, we still love that game. It's got great characters and we built a whole storyline around them. We have animations and we had a really a lot of fun with that game. So that was always, that'll always be our first game. Uh, then we followed up with a platformer game that also took off in, in, in certain markets, Eastern Europe, actually, um, Jet Jack. And, but that one we had some, some technical difficulties with. We were trying to move from, uh, and I'm getting a little technical here. Originally, we built our SDK in native. So native for iOS, native for Android. We had two versions. Um, and that's what we went live with first. Well, when we got into Jet Jack, we realized we needed Unity. Unity is used most often, probably 90 to 95% of mobile games are Unity-based. Hmm. And so we said, oh, we need Unity. Well, it's hard to find a Unity developer. This is back in 2018, uh, 2019, 2019. Um, and so we had some real challenges there. So we had to pull JetJack down. JetJack was a cool little platformer game. It was a cross between Jetpack Ride and like Mario, right? <laughs> Which was so obstacle game, but you're on a Jetpack, yeah. right? Great game. Mechanics were difficult. It was Unity-based. So, so we backed off of that. Um, then we went and we found some other rather simplistic games, Crash and Win, which we found from Unity, actually. Um, we were able to buy it off a Unity developer uh, and we integrated with that. Took that. That's the most simplistic. The graphics are so simplistic. They're so pixelated. Um, but there's popular. that's a very popular theme, game, theme of a game. If you look at Minecraft, for instance, and there are several others, that could, several others that have come out from it. It's a fun game. It's a very fast obstacle game, bird's eye view obstacle game, where you're trying to get in and out, you're being chased by other cars. Um, when they crash, they turn in the gold coins you can collect, and you're trying to stay alive as long as possible. That's the game, and it speeds up as you play it. It's very simplistic, but very fun. Uh, we have an endless runner game that's uh, just really still just more of a test game called Tunnel Tournament. Um, and we just recently um, launched and published um, a, a game called, we call it uh, King Coin. Um, and the reason it's called King Coin is it's kind of a knockoff of King Kong with coins. It's a platformer game. It's It's got all sorts of characters from other popular games in it. Um, and in itself, it's just a fun game to play. The lead character is actually Monkey King, if you look at it. It's got the headband and the staff. And, and so it's modeled after Monkey King. And, and Monkey King is very, very popular, uh, especially in, in Asia. And so that, that game in itself uh, uh, really doesn't even need esports for it to be a popular game. But that one, we're, we're going to test quite a few different tournaments and some communications um, opportunities and, and, and build, uh, build up a sort of a community faction around that game. Um, so th those are the games that we're leading with today. Um, so we've got two platformer games. Um, puzzle game, uh, a driving game, and an endless runner game. and But we're looking for partnerships. So um, again, us being uh, a platform, we're game agnostic, we're prize agnostic, we're crypto agnostic, NFT agnostic. It doesn't matter to us. Uh, as long as it's got some quality, if it might have a community with it, that's great. We can combine communities. We can grow exponentially that way. Uh, so this is a call out to all indie game developers. The door is open. We'll take any meeting from any game development studio. Now, 
That said, we are having some rather high-level uh, talks with some rather large game development studios that I can't name today. Um, but we are engaged with six different game studios at the moment. Um, four of them approached us, two we were introduced to. So we're seeing some traction there, too. There's a, quite a bit of interest for what we have to offer. Again, because we can take a game and we're a monetization retention tool. That's what esports is, right, to a business. So to so these game developers, we're a way to keep your players in the game by offering them, enriching their their experience within your game, make it competitive. Now they can play against other people. That keeps people interested. Now you can pay, play people simultaneously around the world. That keeps people interested. We have community where they can chat and share information. That keeps people interested. And of course, add prizes to that. Then you've got a great sticky factor. Yeah, absolutely. You're checking all the boxes there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of different games you guys got going on here. Um, uh, and the process of getting them is really interesting. So you're able to pretty much like in tandem carry along these developers with you up with your success as you grow, which is really awesome. So it helps out those artists, those designers, those people who are putting those games together. Um, it's just it really does seem like this. I, I picture like an infinite cycle of feedback um, within your organization, um, so which is really great. You've you've taken the time to plan, you've executed, and you're just growing exponentially. The fact that you're in uh, talks with six different studios, that is, that must be a lot to juggle for you and your team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit. But, you know, we also promised the community, the more, call them people, businesses, games, the more that join our community, the richer our community gets. And I'm yeah. not talking about just rich, like a monetary value. Uh, I'm just talking about an enriched experience, an enriched community, an enriched ecosystem. It truly is an ecosystem, right? And that's why, you know, our stake in the ground is the vision, our, you know, the future. Our vision is, you know, cross-platform community, play-to-earn community where gamers, collectors, and developers can come together. These game developers can publish you know, with our esports tournament system inside their game, then they can join our community and use our community for feedback. Yeah. And vice versa. Absolutely. That's really cool. I, I was going to mention this backstage before we got on, so I didn't catch you off guard, but is there any way you can show a demo of the platform, how someone could like log on and join a tournament or run, run us through how that would work for someone who downloads the app? Well, uh, I'll see what I can do. I'm okay. on pc talking to you and these are on mobile so I'm, yeah would, would you be able to just pull up your phone and show let me get all my chats off here so you don't see those no worries <laughs> yeah sorry i should have uh, built it into the uh that's okay, okay I'm, gonna, I'm sorry you're gonna see messages pop up while this is happening but lots of them sorry um th this is my home screen this is uh candy boo so you see it okay. start up all right so you download the the game itself yeah. So okay. you go into the app store and here, I'll start there. Do, 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 do. So if you go into the app store and you type in mega fans, oh, which by the way, I forgot to mention, we asked our community what they wanted to call themselves because we wanted to come up with a name for them. <laughs> and it was like 99% of them, I think, came back and said, we, we're mega fans. Call us mega fans. Right? We we're like, oh, that works. Right. So literally just type in mega fans, right? So pretty simple. And then um, our games pop up there. You can see, you can see some of the games start right there. Uh, I'll go to crash and win, which is one of my favorites right there. Open it up. It starts to play. You can see it's unity based. There's the game. Sorry about the color. You're good. Okay. Well, you can see that, right? So the game, uh, oh, and it has messaging. There, there's uh, Autobot messaging. Uh, built into it. That's for people that have technical issues that want to talk to our, our tech team. We have live support. Oh, sweet. And it pops up as soon as you log on, which is convenient. Yeah. 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 And so let me close that actually. To do so, game itself. And so there's our, that's our game lobby. So once okay. you open the game, then you go into a game lobby. Game lobby has different tournaments. So, I see. So okay. They're all on timer. So there's a timer on the bottom of this. I don't know if you can see that. A little, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. timer on it. So they're all on a timer. It lets you know when that game's going to end. You can you can participate as many times as you want. These are again casual games. Um, and so they're very fast. You know, the longest gameplay might be a minute and a half, two minutes. 
Oh, so wow. So these are quick tournaments too. These are quick games, yeah. quick turns. We, we can set up the tournaments um, in any way uh, we want. So the flexibility of the SDK is that um, the SDK is actually an, an appy that calls back to our servers and that's where all the transactions happen. And on those servers, we can take a single game title like this and we can offer um, multiple tournaments with multiple different prize pools, different size of tournaments, different entry fees to the tournaments. Uh, and then we can offer to an infinite number of players simultaneously. So we can have a hundred tournaments running at once under one game title. And we can have you know tens of thousands of people participating on those tournaments. And you can have private tournaments, password protected tournaments. So the tournament, the gameplay itself is quite sophisticated. It was built with the enterprise level in mind, scale, scale in mind is what I mean by that. Um, and that's, I think, what's what's been so attractive to some of these game studios is, oh, we can take this and we can scale it in to an audience of 100,000 or 10 million. And it makes no difference, right? So we have the scalability factor built in. Uh, so that's extremely important. And then you basically just play the game on the timer, uh, participate as many times as you want. If you uh, If it's a pay-to-play tournament, uh, you do have to, to purchase uh, in-app tokens to play. And there's two reasons for that. One, uh, that is legal compliance with the app stores themselves. They require to be able, we have to pay our tax to the app stores. Um, and the second is the monetization tool for us. And that's, that's you know, one of, the, um, one, one of the primary offerings to the game developers, right? So this is a monetization retention tool, right? How do you make money? In-app purchases for prizes. But the cool part about this is, is that it's truly esports. You're not betting against the house. You're, you're playing against other players. It's competitive, right? Yeah. It's whoever can play the game the best in that time period wins. And we can have prize pools go 10 people deep, 100 people deep, 1,000 people deep. We drop Easter eggs occasionally, right? So we might drop an NFT on somebody that got 500th position. Surprise. It's a nice little Easter egg for them, right? Okay. So there's all sorts of different fun gamification um, tactics uh, that that roll into this community building strategy. And I think that's what keeps people engaged. Yeah, absolutely. I was really curious about the user experience um, when you were describing it earlier. That's why I asked you to do the demo. Thank you so much for showing the visual um, for anybody who's watching online. So it's really cool. You can just go into whatever game you want, click on the tournament section and just go wild and win some cash on a Wednesday afternoon. If, if, yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. That's really that's cool. That's right. Um, you can go onto YouTube and see some of our videos, okay. uh, which, which show the gameplay. It shows how the system works and all of that. Um, so if you just go on to um, YouTube and type in Megafans, you'll find a, a whole bunch of demo uh, videos from us. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know if I can show those here. Yeah. Is there a particular one you want to pull up? We have a few minutes left if you'd like. Oh, that'd be great. Um, Let me see. I think we can do that. Let me see. Yeah, let's let's check. Always fun. Yeah, you'll be able to like share your screen. I think that would be able to. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm just gonna look it up first so that you don't see yeah. everything else on the screen. No worries. <laughs> Where's the most recent one that I just found that I really liked? Okay, so I'll pop on and do. Where do I go for share screen here? Bottom of the screen, there's like your dash with your mute video, and then third share screen. Got it. Share screen. Yep. Yep. Okay, we're gonna go to Chrome tab. Let me know if you can see this. Nothing yet. Up oh, here we go. I'm gonna bring it on stage. Okay. All right, here we go. We got this is fun. it. I'm just figuring this out for the first time with you. So it's um, okay. Me too. I'm new to this platform, but it, it looks like it's going to be. Oh, let's oh, finish the ad. That was advertising. Mega Fans. Cabal games for fun and win real prizes. Load your favorite Mega Fans powered game. Click play and then follow the simple sign up instructions. It's, it's like a mini tutorial. Push notifications to be notified of your tournament results and access to VIP tournaments. Choose to either play for fun or for real money. Win Mega Fans tokens in the free-to-play tournaments. We mentioned tokens here. Now we're offering cryptocurrencies and NFTs as well. So we'll be updating this soon. 
also buy more tokens via in-app purchases. Buy the tokens to, to participate, but you win back uh, other game tokens and then you can trade those for anything in our store. So there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for as a visual. Yeah. Sure. I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. It's late. It's really user friendly and super like straight to the point. Yeah. Yeah. On the surface, we want to make it as simple of a frictionless, right? For the for the consumer, for the user. Oh, sorry, it's still playing. <laughs> Out of play. It's Go going ahead. into my next game. It went into tunnel tournament, which looks cool, but everybody else should see that for themselves. Um, make it as frictionless as possible for the users, easy and an enriching experience as possible. And so that's a balance that we're constantly working on. So fun, friendly, easy, yet enriching experience. And, and we think the community, uh, you know, that, that takes at least 50% of that up, right? Because it, it's really about giving people a place where they can share and talk and, and share ideas and learn, right? So this is key. Uh, when we decided to enter the Web3 space and offer Web3 prizes, right? Cryptocurrency and NFT assets as prizes. Well, that's natural for gamers, okay? There, it, it's, it couldn't be more natural, right? Gamers, PC gamers have been trading digital assets since the 1990s, right? That's the thing. Back then it was swords. They, they were literally, people were selling assets on eBay back in the day. Oh, I remember. I remember. Uh, okay, great. See? Yeah. <laughs> right? Not a lot of people re remember that. Um, and so offering them in digital assets is so easy to explain to them. It's like, look, it's just another digital asset. This happens to be a cryptocurrency. This happens to be an NFT. And then they can join the community and learn how to access it, how to use it, how to trade it, what it's for. Um, we uh, Part of our roadmap, that, and we'll be... Um, uh, we've already announced it, but we'll be producing this soon. We're about to do our first NFT sale. And we're going to be, I'm announcing this right now. We're going to be doing the NFT sale in July. But what we've already told our audience is, if you win one of these, uh, you can buy NFTs, you can win NFTs, you can stake, uh, we'll be coming out with our own token as well. You can stake the token and earn NFTs. So there's multiple ways to get NFTs in our system. But certain NFTs, call them super rares, uh, the owner will be able to put that up as a prize in a tournament and then they share in the revenue from the tournament. So we can revenue share with the players when they trade their NFTs back in the next player that wins the NFT can do that again and again and yes. again and again. So we're creating an ecosystem with the NFTs, a true utility that gives back to the playing community. Yeah. And it's yeah. perpetual. Yeah. It's just a machine that kind of works on its own. Yeah. That's it, beautiful. Nice design. It, yeah. Call it a call it a Dow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's um, that's part of the technical uh, that we're going to be offering. Um, and again, we're we're going to be producing our first official tradable NFTs in July and doing an NFT sale quickly following that. And those will have that that utility as well as several others. It'll put you on short lists or white lists they call them to get into special events. Uh, we'll have. Um, some high roller tournaments that'll be happening that you'll have to earn an NFT to earn your seat in that. In one of those tournaments where we'll be giving away larger prize pools. And again, as our community grows, so does the value. So do the prize pools. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, you've done a lot of work in the space and you've seen a lot in the past and the present. And I'm going to ask you to put on your fortune teller hat for a moment and do some future predictions with me here. Um, so as we close out the interview today, I'm really curious about, especially because you're in such a niche space of the mobile esports ecosystem, um, what are your boldest predictions for this niche in the next year or two, particularly as it relates to this connection in the blockchain, metaverse, Web3 space? Blockchain is the future. And the future is here. <laughs> so it's actually happening right now. So blockchain's here to stay. Whatever products, whatever assets, you, you know, are being hyped and, and uh, sold and, and commodities and, and values built on top of the blockchain, that's fine. But the blockchain, the fundamentals of the blockchain, that's, that is the future and the future is today. Uh, so blockchain can be used for logistics. It's used for security. It's used for all sorts of banking mechanisms, right? And a democracy, it's, it's uh, um, what do you call it? Open ledger. Yeah. Right. So it's it, 
it, there's automatically the trust is there, right? You can see every transaction on the blockchain. Um, and, and so that in itself is, is why I'm a believer. And, and that, that gives it so much intrinsic value that it won't go away. And there's so many entities and people that have already joined that space. It's, it's here to stay, right? It's the future. I like to compare it to paper money. So think about how, how many hundreds or thousands of years it took the world to accept trading a piece of paper versus gold or an animal or whatever, right? So, but we're in the digital age today, right? And so the, the world economy is, the global economy was, was built on the internet. So it's going to happen that much faster, internet speed fast. Blockchain's here to stay. Uh, this Web3 movement uh, is... It's scaling and growing so fast. I would say in the next 24 months, uh, we may be starting to talk about Web 4 at that point, whatever that's going to look like. Yeah, by the time we get Web 3 figured out, Web 4. Of course, <laughs> natural, right? And so whatever that means, uh, that I can't predict. Um, but as far as Web 3 and what's happening today, it will be truly cross-platform. We're early on the mobile side. We know this, um, and and we're out to streamline that for the world at large and establish ourselves as a leader in doing that. Um, I think uh, good causes are going to come into play here, and we're participating in that. So one of the underlying missions behind this business, and it's a, and it's a, a personal mission of mine, is to support women in gaming and technology for the future. I need more people like you on board, Monica, because. There, there's two areas that I found uh, where uh, people are, in general, uh, there's underrepresentation, gaming and esports, okay, and technology. Both of those areas need people to grow. Both of those need women to to grow. They need more, right? They're you're underrepresented as as a demographic in those areas. And I'm just looking at this statistically, right? So we're out to support that. We're actually supporting. Um, gaming schools in uh, new and emerging markets and we're supporting some all women's gaming schools as well we support code to inspire uh which operates in afghanistan under the taliban it's an all women's coding school and it's not just to to feel good that that's great it's meaningful but it's also to give those people the tools to be able to support themselves and join this digital global economy so that is that's the reason the real reason why and now we can come back and buy games from them or hire them right so it's self-serving for us as well um so i think that's going to be part of the future i think uh web3 has an opportunity to represent um initiatives like that in this global economy and look you you've got huge governments talking about digital currencies you've got the eu talking about it you've got the us you've got china three big power players in the world that are all talking about developing, you know, digital, um, digital assets or digital currencies. So I think that that will be part of the near future. That's going to happen. It's not if it's when and how. So, so yeah. that's happening. Um, and I think gamification of this global economy is a, an important aspect of it. What people don't realize they, they discard gaming as this niche market Gaming is part of the entertainment industry, and the entertainment industry generates $2.2 trillion a year. That's equivalent to being the eighth largest economy on the planet for an industry. Okay, and we're participating in that. So I believe that the gamification is extremely important, and it helps onboard people, and it lowers the barrier to entry. So there's so many different positive facets uh, to this that we're a part of. And we're just doing our part, right? And we're going to become as, as large as possible, but let, again, let the community drive it for themselves and support that global economy. And I think that's the future. Very nice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all these initiatives, particularly the women in gaming and women in tech. Uh, you know, I was definitely a little nervous to take on uh, doing the podcast in this space because it's so, it's definitely um, not not very male dominated. So it's uh, been, it's been tough, but um, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, unfortunately I'm an old white guy talking about this that d doesn't help my cause, but, but believe me when I say this is a true belief of mine, I lived around the world as a child growing up and I, I got to see some of the most remote areas of the planet. My, my father was in mining 
So I was in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. I was on the border of Mongolia uh, on mine sites. And I've seen, um, you know, how those, those societies operate. And there's a true innate need. Uh, it's my perspective is we're still living in primitive times and we need to empower everyone. And look, you, women are half of the world's population. Let's go support them. And they're underrepresented in gaming and technology. Let's go support that. So it's, it's a mission of mine. It's a mission of the company. So it's something we'll participate in with you. Yeah. Whether you're a white man or not, the fact that you are providing support and being an ally is what's important. So thank you at the end of the day for that. Yeah. Thank yeah. You yeah. Jeff, it was a pleasure talking with you today. We have come to the end of the uh, interview here, but uh, everybody out there listening or watching, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, if we want to find mega fans online, um, we, what's your website? Uh, how do we get to your URL? Just megafans.com. Megafans.com. All right. Megafans.com. Yeah. Awesome. We got a few uh, LinkedIn connects who are interested in talking. Uh, shout out to Ivan Rios and Christopher Howard. Um, so if you'd like to connect afterwards, um, they are on LinkedIn. Well, everybody, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, until then, we'll be signing off. Take care. Thanks, Monica. Thank you. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.